Raw Retailer Podcast, where we talk retail, business, and all things related to the hot tip industry. I'm your host, Megan Kendrick, owner of Spa Retailer Magazine. On the Spa Retailer Podcast today, I have Audrey Marketin, who is working with Passion Spas North and South America. Audrey, welcome to the podcast. Megan, thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. We're just saying we've known each other for a long time since I started in the industry back in 2008. Yes, a very long time before babies and before our lives got a little more complicated. I know, right? Yeah, this. Yeah, we were talking about that too. It's been a, it's been a while. You know what's funny though is that I always have this panic when I am talking to you because I'm like Audrey Aubrey, Audrey Aubrey. <laughs> Not the, the only time, one. No, and it's from the time I've met you. It's like I've, it, I, it's become this thing in my brain that I'm like that I panic about it. And right. yeah, it's it, I always laugh because I always double check because I'm like I don't want to. But at some point, I know I'm going to do it wrong, and then you can just laugh at me. That's okay. And I tell people because I have people who do that on a regular basis, and I say it's Audrey like Hepburn. You can't forget it that way. There and they're go. like, okay, you're a drama queen, so that works. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. That's good. So I would say most people in the industry probably have an idea of who you are before we even get into the background, because you have been in the industry for a long time. Your family has been in the industry for a long time. We've written about lots of the ups and downs in the magazine before. So Audrey Marketin, how did you get into the hot tub industry? <laughs> I'm just down here in Texas doing my thing. I was actually finishing college, getting ready for state boards. I'm actually a physical therapist. I have my degree in physical therapy. I know everybody's okay. Sorry, mom, never used it. Sorry, mom, but I paid for it. So you can't complain. And I was dating a wonderful young man named Matt Markerton and his secretary quit one day and he said, can you just come answer phone? That was my introduction into the hot tub industry. I always joke like I was the most overachieving secretary ever because I just couldn't stop once I started. I went to work there at Sunbelt Spas and it was, I believe it was 1999 when I answered phones the first time. Oh, wow. I remember Matt and I were talking about going to the 2000 celebration for New Year's and then it just melded into what it became. And I was lucky enough to get to marry Matt and live my life with him and come into the factory. I'm a little bit different than most people in the spa industry because I started at manufacturing and I don't know why. I just really loved it and enjoyed it. And I got passionate about it really quick. And so my whole thing was not just the manufacturing process, but the relationship building, because I have, I'm a small town. Houston's not small. Don't get me wrong, y'all. But I'm from a suburb in Houston at the time that was a small town. Mm -hmm. And my father was a, a policeman and a fireman. Everybody knew everybody. I couldn't go to the grocery store without my dad getting a phone call knowing I was out after 10 o'clock on a weeknight. Of course. But it was that innate need for community feel that mm -hmm. I loved about this industry. So I just kind of went right for it. And over the years of learning the manufacturing process, being out there drilling, <laughs> first off vacuum forming acrylic, standing there and learning the process from ground up, like from a flat sheet of acrylic to the end product and being part of the innovations that we've gone through in the last mm -hmm. 
20 years has been amazing. There were day, there was years, by the way, y'all new new kids on the block. There were times there were no swim spas in the industry. There were times, Can you imagine such a time? I was there. I was on the forefront of the beginning. So I remember it for sure. There were times when it was all in-ground spas and mm-hmm. I still worked with in-ground spas until about six years ago. So the process of those learning the plumbing, reverse engineering the plumbing from where you want the spa to sit to where the equipment's sitting on in-grounds is like a pool, but it's more intense because of the therapy need. So for me, I've run the gamut in the industry on one end or the other. I became sales. I became director of marketing. I work with the dealer base in Europe, in the U.S., all over the world. So that's where I come from and what I bring to the table after all the years. And you know what? It's so interesting because at first you think, oh man, physical therapy, like that's nothing to do with the hot tub industry. But kind of does, because it's really, like you said, it's all about that therapy and making people's bodies feel better. So there is a connection there in some way. There is very much a connection. And I did a, like when we would talk about jet placement and I would talk about origin and insertion of muscle points, Mm -hmm. the the therapy reduction, the therapy use is actually going to reduce inflammation. It's going to be the best point to actually put the jets. And it was always like, Hey, what does Audrey think? Because she at least had some medical background where she was putting her two cents in. So it it was actually, it's an evolution and works together very well. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously Sunbelt has been through a transformation through different ownership. There was the fire, then you had to, and had to rebuild from that. And then Bob left. It's been a little bit of a wild ride. I feel like for you as well. It has and it to go from manufacturing to, and then Matt, when we sold the company and decided dad wanted to retire and we decided we had some other priorities. We had, we had the kids were at a really good age for us to want to spend a lot more time with them. We opted to just do the sell and we went and started our own retail location in Katy and just downsized, which you know what that is, that's anyone who does that as a family, it's amazing. But for us, it was a slowdown and it meant that we could spend more time with the family, which was a blessing in disguise since we lost Matt not too long after that. Uh, But the the opportunity for us to go into retail backwards. I was going to say you've done, you did that backwards. Most people I know. <laughs> like they do retail and then they go into like the manufacturing side of it as a rep or something as their retirement. Right. I left the spa industry for a few years after, after Matt and decided I wanted to take a break and spend time with just my kids Yeah. and coming back and having the opportunity to work with passion has been an amazing opportunity. And now I'm like, I'm a rep for a company, which is weird for me to say, never been where I've been in my life. I've always been part of it and fundamentally, and the opportunity that Dolphin Passion has given me allows me to come in, not just as a rep, but with all the background history mm-hmm. and the information that is crammed in this cranium and all of the history of working with these dealers across the world that I've had the opportunity to do business with. It's brought me an opportunity just to come back and do it in a way that feels really good. And it's so funny because it seems like no matter how hard you try, you cannot never quite get out of the hot tub industry. <laughs> Girl, everybody says that, but it's so true. And uh, dad's retired. He's having a good time. He plays golf. He spends a lot of time with my boys, but he is constantly, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on with that? I said, dad, you've got to take a step back. Stop. It's not spy industry anymore for you. And he's like, maybe I could just come in and hang out and talk to customers. And I'm like, you know what? Come on. <laughs> if it makes you happy. Why not? Right. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, that is it. like you do bring a whole different perspective to passion from your your experience 
in manufacturing and in retail. So you've really seen both sides of the coin. So it's like you really understand that relationship in a way that I think most people wouldn't be able to. And the amazing thing about working with Passion Again is the owner, Dolph Nealon, which I know you're familiar with. Most everybody is. He's the very fast walking European guy who's walking around the show all the time. And everybody laughs because they're like, that's the guy, this the tall Dutch guy who walks really fast. Um, Dolph uh, actually bought his first container of hot tubs from me. I was his original supplier. Really? No. Yes, ma'am. Isn't that insane? And so we have a really long history and he bought from us for so many years. And then he started producing his own through the passion line, which in and of itself to be a retailer on the level that they are, and then to want to bring that into manufacturing because we at some point couldn't keep up because of our fire, which you already referenced. Yeah, He needed a more immediate production than we could provide him. So he started producing. And then when he started producing, he built it. He was just doing it for himself. And then all of a sudden it became, let's get dealers started. Let's get all this set up. He's become a behemoth in this industry. Mm-hmm. I mean, whew. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, you know, and it's interesting because, because you've seen people try to bring product into the U S from overseas before, and it's usually a flash in the pan. Like he is one of the very few that have had some real staying power. They've been around for a long time at this point and it doesn't seem like they're going anywhere. No, definitely not. What I like about working with off and working with passion is just from our long history, his basis is the same as mine was. I'm building relationships. I don't have dealers. I have partners. I have partners because everything I do builds your business. I'm not telling you how to run yours. You're not telling me how to run mine, but together we're trying to push the envelope. We're going Mm -hmm. further and further into areas that aren't being serviced by the industry. We're trying to find ways to be innovative. We're always trying to find ways to bring something new to the market. Having such a wide variety of products available, the swim spa line, my goodness, you take a look at it. There's just so many. And I think that one of the biggest things that was really easy for me to say to come back into the industry was when he asked, because he believed in my abilities and he believed in everything I brought to the table, but I believe in his want to make sure that his brand is as good in the U.S. as a U.S. brand is. And I don't think that you can argue that he has not accomplished that. So when did you officially come back into the hot tub industry? (laughs) I have officially been back almost a little over a year. Uh, I kind of snuck in at the national show, not this year, but last year and helped out at the booth. And that he's sneaky. He called me and said, you want to come to the show and talk to me? And I said, I have the kids by myself. So let me see if dad can watch them or whatever. I hung up the phone and 30 minutes later, my phone rang and it was my dad. And he said, Hey, listen, it's off called. And I understand he's picking you up on Sunday and you're driving with him to Dallas and you'll be back at the end of the week. So I just need to get you with you on the kids. And I said, I didn't even talk to you. Sneaky called dad and asked yeah. me. And I was like, you know, working those connections. <laughs> It was very sneaky, but on the drive from Houston to Dallas was a good opportunity for us to talk about it. And he said, you know, I'd really like you to come in and, and start something down in Texas, have a warehouse there with the stock available for us dealers. Obviously we're bringing container loads in for almost everything, but that onesie twosie or, Hey, I need something right away and just build the dealer base, work with the dealers on making us better at servicing them and taking care of them. And that's been my entire goal in the last 12 months. And I feel like I'm finally reaching a point where I'm making some headway, really able to give a full service to the dealers here in the United States. I feel like in most new positions, like no matter your experience, I feel like it takes a good 
nine months to a year before you really start feeling like you've not that you have your feet wet, but like you said, like you're actually making that impact that you had hoped. You've got enough knowledge, you know, the systems now, you know, all those things. And so you're finally able to make those meaningful changes that you've been wanting to the whole time. Yeah. I feel like finally, like you said, about 12 months, I'm finally like, feel like my feet are firm. All the next 12 are about running. Not just <laughs> so the, the ground's firm. Here I go. You came back into the hot tub industry after a couple of years off. I mean, you kind of left in maybe some of the craziest times that we've ever seen in the hot tub industry. So you came back towards middle end of that craziness. Pretty much end of COVID. Yeah. Pretty yeah. much the end of the, oh my goodness, we're selling everything anybody can actually see. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like the lead time is 17 months. I said, I'm sorry, what? When I call, when Dolph's like, the lead time's this, the lead time, I'm like, this is crazy. You're like, this is not, can't be real. When I first got the warehouse going here in Houston, and then I got the first stock and I called people and said, if you need anything, I've got it. And they were like, what do you mean you've got it? I'm like, it's sitting here. And they were like, what do you mean? And then it was like, okay, we want to finish up some that we had from these back orders. And then it was like, okay, great. It's crazy what you guys went through in that short amount of time. Now being in the industry for 20 years, I've seen the dip in the ebb and flow, but that COVID right. situation was totally like. Saying unprecedented is unprecedented. It gets annoying, but it was. Yeah. there's really no other way to describe it. <laughs> insanity. Okay, girl. Yeah. I think it was insanity. It was. It, no, it really was. And so. I'm curious though, now that you're at, what do you say that's changed about the industry? Cause it was like a short time where things were just nuts and insane, but I think that it made some big shifts and changes in our industry that I think we're going to see forever. I think that's true. Now the ebb and flow of the industry in the past that I've experienced, there will be times where you'll have these great highs and then you'll mm -hmm. have this influx of dealers that'll come in or people who will jump in the industry that aren't really familiar with the industry and not that's a bad thing because it brings new blood in and it brings new ideas. But I think that a lot of times you'll see that go away very quickly right. after the easy money's done. But what I see now that was different from before is the families and really this is a family business, right? Everybody owns a store. It's yes. a family business. There's, yes. there's very few big industry ideas because the, it's all the bread and butter. Yeah. Everybody wants to buy from their neighbor and their community and it's all family businesses. And what I see is, is, is a deeper strength in the dealer base. Now the dealers that are out there that, that have their showrooms that are working, that are doing their stuff. They recognized what was happening. They were doing as much as they could during that time to get customers taken care of. But I feel like now they have a deeper appreciation for the industry than they did before. Every manufacturer struggled. Everybody struggled. Yeah. From, but everybody pushed the envelope and pushed to try to get it done. And I think that there's a deeper appreciation for the little guy in the back putting the jets in. There's a deeper appreciation for the guys at, at Lucite pouring the acrylic. And I think that the more embedded in our industry now, and I, I think mm -hmm. that that's a positive thing. I know I've said it on the podcast before, but until the pandemic, we had never talked about the supply chain ever in, in our magazine. And then that was all we talked about. And so I think it was a great education for a lot of us who didn't have to think about those things on a daily basis, who suddenly did start to hear about what, who else Lucite's supplying and who else needs these products and right. where all these things are coming from and, and how it gets from point A to point B. It was stuff that just had always worked. And so we'd never put any thought into it. I think now you're right. Everybody, I think, has a greater appreciation for the entire supply chain and everybody's place in it. And we don't take any of it for granted anymore. Yeah, exactly. Raw material was something that I dealt with on the manufacturing side for yeah, years. Yeah. And there were times when 
and it would be harder to get acrylic. And we'd tell dealers we're stretching out lead times. They wouldn't really get it. But at the mm-hmm. same time, they would understand there was an oil shortage. But what they didn't understand was oil is everything. It's the components that make and build everything. Yep. So I think the deeper appreciation, like you said, for the supply chain and the freight companies. Wow. Oh Truckers rock. Okay. So I've always known it. The rest of y'all are just getting on the program. So like, true. people are like, what do you mean containers sit in a harbor for seven months? They sit in a harbor for seven months because nobody was working. Yes. So they're just sitting there and people have a tendency now to be, I think a little less of, of a throwaway society. I think we're working more towards, let's see how we can fix what we have and mm-hmm. maintain what we have rather than throwing things away. And I think that has helped us for us as an industry, because people oh. are like, I want high quality to begin with. And then I want somebody who's reliable to take care of it after. Yeah. So service guys. That's a good point. I hope that's true. And we continue to see that because that can only bode well for our industry for sure. Absolutely. One of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the podcast is because when I saw you, man, was it in Atlantic city that we ran into each other or was it in Vegas? I think it was Atlantic Um, city, right? Atlantic city. I think. I think so too. They all start to run together after a while. Exactly. You guys were showing some cold tubs. And I had a conversation with somebody about the cold tub trend just days before. And then I showed up and it was like, oh, look, here they are. (laughs) Here's Audrey standing next to a cold tub. I went over to your booth to see the cold tubs. And then it's like, wait, is that Audrey? (laughs) (laughs) So then it was like a whole different conversation. The cold tubs are a really interesting um, wellness trend in general. And I'm excited to see people in the industry starting to embrace it as well. So how did you guys get into the cold tub arena? Funnily enough, because my degrees in physical therapy, I have always utilized cryotherapy techniques in different therapy usage in the hospitals and at clinics where I worked, but also premier athletes use them all the time. Nobody talks about it, but everybody knows that inside the gym for the trainer area for the high school, they have that Ice, ice tub, you know, that ice tub. Yep. Nobody talks about it. And what I think has happened is we're more, more conscious of our physical well being than ever before in many ways, way past just your standard eat right, exercise, and have a good time. We are looking as a species at extending our lifespan and it, but also quality of life, right? Yeah. Because I can be 80, but if I can't get out of a chair, it's not going to work out that well for me. It was a conversation and Dolph is from the Netherlands. So this was an easy thing to understand on a regular basis. We would be talking, he'd be in the sauna and he'd get outside and go, hold on. I have to jump in the snow and he'd roll around in the snow for a little bit. Yeah. And he said, always felt really good after doing it. He had a friend and they said, Hey, come over. We want to try our new thing with us. And they had built one themselves, a horse trough ice. And then the Netherlands, it doesn't take much for it to be cold. Right. So they're in it and they're jumping out of it and they're getting in the hot tub and they're going back and forth. And he's just, this is so great. So he just started researching a little bit over the last probably eight to 10 years. It started to really gain some strength. And part of that is of course, the social media usage of TikTok, Facebook. And then once someone who's famous decides that they want to try something like that, it becomes what it becomes. And For Dolph, I think it was more along the lines of he was looking for a different way to provide therapy for customers. Yeah. Because one of our things is always, it's not just a hot tub, it's a therapeutic tool, right? right? He started looking into cold therapies and it just so happens there's this, I'm gonna say it, crazy guy (laughs) named Wilm Hoff. And out of complete respect, that's how I use that word because this man- is a whole new level. And he happens to be in the Netherlands as well. 
And so the two of them happened to, by chance, have a conversation at some moment in junction, figuring out that they lived maybe 20 miles from each other and started talking about what he does. And Wilm Hoff, he's got an interesting backstory on how he came into this. His wife was suffering from some mental illnesses and she took her own life back in the nineties. I think it was around 95 or so. Left him raising four children alone and the overwhelming grief of losing your partner in life and taking care of the kids and trying to come to terms with what, what led her to the situation that she was in. And he was struggling to find a way to deal with all of that. And one day, one of his friends was doing a cold plunge that he was literally at a lake and just, and Mr. Hoff got in and he did some deep breaths. And for the first moment since his wife had passed, he had a moment of calm. He said it was the first calm he had felt in a really long time. He instantly said, there's something to this moment that I'm feeling. He started with some different breathing techniques. He thought it was the breathing that he was doing, which is part of his whole method. And then the cold. Since then, he has gained tons of information, technology, all the different things to talk about. Because we talk about it, Vikings and the guys of old used to run around and roll in the snow and cool Mm -hmm. off after battles. It's in some of the most amazing Nordic stories talking about after battles that they would all do these jumping into these giant ice ponds. It was a cleansing ritual. But what they were doing was actually helping their bodies. It's just our technology is now finally catching up with why it's been good for so long. You're familiar with like panda bear challenges, but the guys who've been doing that, that are in their eighties, that was just their therapy every day. And they thought it made them younger. The basis behind cold therapy is actually really cool. It's very basic. Your blood vessel constricts when you're cold. Okay. So there's less blood flow to your extremities. So it reduces the amount of swelling in your extremities. Less inflammation means less pain. That's just the basis of what cold does to your body on a basic level. Sure. Yeah. Anytime you have a sports injury, like what's the first thing they do? As long as nothing is like hanging out of your body or facing the wrong direction. And even then get ice on it immediately because that inflammation and swelling is your worst enemy at that point. Yeah, exactly. And therapy, a lot of times they'll do a hot, cold blend. So you do hot for 10 minutes, then you do a cold for 10 minutes. Yep. Anybody who's been through physical therapy knows this whole thing. That's part of it. I think I've spent half my life in physical therapy. <laughs> <laughs> in some way or another. Yeah, fully. <laughs> you take that basic concept of the constriction that reduces the blood flow and then that reduces the swelling. Inflammation goes down, pain goes down. That's a pretty basic tool that everybody in the medical industry understood. But when people like Wilm Hoff started pushing the envelope and he started saying, I can do this now and I can do this now. And through my breathing and through my cold therapy, I can actually control my blood pressure. They all said, okay, crazy guy. Yeah. But then they started doing studies. And then I think it's 2005. He had his first study done at a university over in the Netherlands. And then a university in Michigan started picking it up. And since then there've been numerous studies. So they've realized the cold therapy not only does that, but it's, it builds up brown adipose tissue, which is brown fats and brown fats are the fats that you actually want in your body. Those are the healthy fats. Okay. And by doing that, it's reducing the amount of your other fats resulting in weight loss. Then they realize that because the inflammation is down on the body, it's fortifying the immune system. So there's a less of an autoimmune response in your body. If you have a better blood flow and lower inflammation. Then they realized it was affecting hormone levels. So they started doing all these studies and it actually helps balance hormone levels. And because of that, people were sleeping better. 
So you, now you have people who are sleeping better, who have a better quality of life. Production of endorphins increases. If your hormone levels are, are better, you're getting more sleep. Your body's going into good rest periods. When you produce endorphins, you in, produce increased amounts of endorphins. And endorphins are all those things that we all love, right? Yeah. It makes us feel all good. Everybody yeah. wants an endorphin. Chocolates, it's, yeah. it's the chocolate <laughs> of your body without having the, the, the calories, girls. But all of those things are now being shown in medical studies. That's what cold plunging does for you. It's amazing that those old guys back in ancient times knew it. We're just now able to prove it. Right. of what it's actually doing for your body. That's so fascinating. And you're right. Like how many times do we do this as a society where it's like, there's something that we've done for hundreds of years and that we just thought it was a survival technique of some sort, right? Oh, I was out in a battle. I need to calm down. So I'm going to throw myself in the ice, you know, yeah. like, <laughs> or, you know, I live in Scandinavia. We're not getting a lot of sun. So I'm going to get in a sauna every day and that's going to warm my body up. You, these kind of things that we do innately as a survival technique. And then here we come, like you said, years and years later with our technology and it's, oh, actually, sure. That was a survival technique, but here's the actual like scientific reasons why you didn't do it one time and then never do it again. And it only makes sense for us as an industry to grab onto this because that's what a hot tub was. Remember back mm -hmm. Romans had their hot baths. Okay. And the mineral baths Remember, yeah. everybody was like, oh, if you have ailments, go and get in the mineral baths. Our entire industry is based yeah. on the stuff that science couldn't prove yet. And now this is pushing the envelope that next level. Yeah. In every retailer out there, you are selling a health and wellness product. It's great to sit in a hot tub and hang out with your friends and have a drink and nice bubbles. But the truth is it's a wellness product. That's our entire yeah. focus. And we have to push the envelope. We did it with swim spas. It's time for us to do it with cold therapy. What actually makes up a cold tub? How is it different from a hot tub? Obviously, other than the temperature of the water. Obviously, the temperature of the water is the most obvious. The thing about a cold tub, you know, you've got to think about some of the questions I get, like, how do you keep it clean versus a hot tub? How do you, exactly. you know, utilize it? So a cold tub is not something that you're going to sit in for hours with your friends and hang out. Yep. A cold plunge, the actual medical recognition for a cold situation is between now, depending on how cold you have it, they do not recommend being in there for longer than 10 to 15 minutes. Ever. Okay. You also, there's some health things to consider when you first get into a cold plunge. If it is say in the fifties, your first time in, I think I did two minutes. That was my big, yay, I made it a whole two minutes. That's I, all you need. And it's a building of that. Yeah. Now you got to remember, I'm a hot water girl. Okay. I'm from Texas. I'm from the Gulf coast. The water in the Gulf is never under 80. Okay. Mm -hmm. Not a, a cold water girl, but I'm learning and it's got some benefits. I know she's shaking her head. Right? I just can't. I just, oh, oh, I oh. just, yeah. I like, I can only imagine like a splash and dash situation. Like I cannot, I yeah. just, I'm, I'm having flashbacks to when I was in high school and trying to play volleyball on my hurt ankle. And after every practice and every game, I had to go stick that foot in a bucket of ice water. And it was the worst thing yeah. ever. And I never could keep it in there for very long. I was not good at that. I said the same thing. And there was an interview that I saw with Wim Hof and he just discussed this. And he, he said, when you first get in that initial, oh, cringe is bad. He said, it's going to be, he yeah. said, but it's the, when you hit that Nirvana moment, when you let go of the, oh my gosh, this is cold and your body accepts it, everything constricts and it slows down. 
And that's the moment that you're looking for. And I think that is achievable for all of us. It's just, you have to work up to it. You're not going to just get right in and be like a 20 minute in the cold plunge. You're going to get in, you're going to do two or three minutes. You're going to get out. You're going to get in and you're going to do two and a half minutes. Then you're going to do three minutes. They say doing it once a day will start having serious effects on the body. I had a gentleman, I went to a home show actually not long after I saw you and I took one of the cold plunges and met with a gentleman there. And he said, I just can't imagine doing it. It's just too much. And I said, there are studies that indicate if you will finish your shower every day with the coldest setting, you can stand it and you will stay underneath it for two minutes. Your blood pressure reduction, it's better than most of the pills on the market. Mm -hmm. I said, so just start there. Every time you get in the shower at the very end, cold as you can stand it or the whole shower, if you could, I can't, right. yeah. but um, at the very end, cold as you can do it, stand underneath it for a couple of minutes and then get out. Now, all of us women know that's the best for your conditioner anyway. So we just yes. have to suck it up, put I the know. conditioner on your hair and get under the cold water. <laughs> I still don't, I still don't do it. <laughs> I don't either. I'm learning though. I'm trying. I'm trying. The other thing from a retailer's perspective, cold tubs, you've got different options and versions out there. We've got standalone cold tubs. And then we even have one that's actually attached to a hot tub, which gives them the opportunity to do the cold to the hot plunge, which is, it has therapeutic usage for all the athletes. They all know they do the hot and then they do the cold and then the hot and the cold. And that See, will, that sounds good to me because when I was a kid, I grew up in North Dakota and we had a hot tub. And so what we would do is we'd use the hot tub more in the winter than we did in the summer. In the summer, there were too many mosquitoes in the winter. Like even if it was snowing, that was the best time you'd get out right. in the hot tub and then you'd get out and run around in the snow and then you'd get back in the hot tub the hot and tub. that the hot to cold thing was really great. I can do that. I can't picture just the cold, but the cold and the hot I could do. <laughs> yeah. On the cold tub, you're not going to get a lot of jet action. We're not doing therapeutic jet massage at that point because you're wanting the muscles to, to actually reduce. So you're not wanting to stretch them out or anything. So it's just a cold vessel to sit down in to get your body chilled and then to get out. Yeah. That's one of the biggest differences for us on hot tubs versus cold tubs. Yeah. I also am a firm believer that you need to use chlorine in the cold tub rather than bromine. Bromine works better at a molecular level in hot water. Chlorine works better at molecular level in cold. Mm. Just have your little, a little bit of your chlorine for your cold tub. And then you, you use your bromine system on your hot tub. That's a personal preference, but food for thought for those thinking about it. Sure. Today's modern hot tubs not only have to be quiet and efficient, they have to be easily serviced. There's been a lot of changes over the years. In the beginning, spas just had a few jets. Everything was held together by wood and foam. Max Spas is really proud of how far its spas have come. The most important thing that it's learned is that it's all about how it's built. Max has designed its spas so that a technician can maintain them like any other home appliance to make sure they work the same way they did the day they were made. That's what Max is most proud of. To learn more, visit maxspas.com. So the, so the cold tubs, there are these like little single person units it's a chair, basically a chair, a cold, a, a vessel with a chair in it where you sit down, you get cooled off. Some of them will have two seats. So you, two people can sit down on, but it's just a seat, cold water. It circulates and that's it. Okay. How does it, you're not throwing like bags of ice in there. So what gets the water cold? <laughs> ours have a chiller on them and there's other ones on the market. So in no way is this everybody's, but ours do have chillers on them that will drop it down. And you, you do not need to have ice in at the level of ice. Okay. Most people can't stand to be in it 
at the level of ice. Actually in Atlantic City, we had a chiller and I had it on and I had a couple of the dealers come at the end of the show and they actually got in it. I don't know if you were there for that part. I wasn't, um, man. I wish I had been. Yeah. So they actually got in and tried it. And there was some people standing around watching and, and thinking it was insane. And I think at that time it was about 46 degrees. The water was about 46 on the chiller. And that was really cold. They got out and their whole body was bright red because their blood was like, oh my God, it's so cold. Again, it was like three minutes. That's about what they could take. And when they got out, they were like, wow, that was crazy. But then the next day they said, hey, I slept better. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it was because of that, but I did. Yeah. And I said, I really think it makes a difference for a lot of people. For a while there, hearing all of the elite athletes talking about doing cryotherapy and they'd go in these chambers and stuff. What's the difference between doing something like that versus getting into water. Does it make any kind of a difference? Like how your body is cooled down or if you've got that pressure of the water on you, or is it just like a matter of cooling down? Obviously a cold tub is a lot more accessible for the rest of the world than a cryo chamber in your (laughs) home. So when people talk about cryotherapy, sometimes they mean different things. I kind of discovered that they have those deprivation chambers. Yeah. Um, And sometimes people unmistakably think that's cryotherapy. Okay. I think about the things where they go in and you're basically naked and like you just stand there and freeze for however long you get out. <laughs> and every once in a while malfunctions and someone dies. I only mentioned that because I was having conversations with someone and I was like, yeah. well, cryotherapy means cold therapy. Cryo means cold. And they were, they meant a deprivation chamber. So you always have to clarify like what people yeah. are actually talking about. Cold chambers, like if you stand in and you just get the cold air, the thing about them, I don't think that it's going to give you as deep of a cold therapy. It's like the difference between putting like a cold pad on for an athlete on a cold pack on top of an injury or submersing them in the whirlpool that's cold. Like you said, when you were in, you had an injury to the ankle in volleyball, you had to put it in a bucket of ice water because that's going to get substantially deeper than a surface cover. So I think that's the biggest difference on an actual water immersion into a cold. Um, I had some people ask, can I put ice cubes in there and make it total? Absolutely. You can do anything you want with it. However, you don't have to, to get the benefits. Okay. It's a building process, cryotherapy and cold plunge therapy. You're going to start at a temperature and you're going to last for only a specific amount of time. And then you're going to stretch it, go further. And then when you get to a point where you're like, okay, I feel like I'm really sitting here for a good long amount of time, the temperature by three degrees and then start over. Cause you're going to have to build up your tolerance to it. Yeah. It's not a competition guys. It's not about who can get in the coldest and stay the longest. Uh It's about sustaining therapeutic results. I love this aspect of our industry, right? The wellness aspect of our industry. And I love hearing the stories of how hot tubs have changed people's lives. And I'm excited for it to start to be how we're hearing about how cold tubs have changed people's lives. Yes. It's fascinating. Our neighbors, he is a coach at the University of Oklahoma in one of the programs that is super successful. He is very obsessed with health. And these are all the things that he is trying. They've got a sauna. He wants to get a cold tub. The hot tub is on the table too. He works with the elite in that field. And these are the things that they're talking about and trying and care about. Right. And also honestly, like He's 10 years older than me and you would never know it. (laughs) He looks amazing. But yeah, the man is in shape. And also I'm pretty sure he just on a daily basis feels better than I do. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that so frustrating? You're like, huh? Well, we'll get there, right? Well, Well, good, good for him. He's doing all the right things. But I think too, you're talking about all of the potential benefits of doing cold therapy. It is not something that I would ever have considered 
But I think about all the other crazy things that I am willing to spend my money on to fix those kinds of problems. And it's, I would try this. Like, why would I not try this? This is like a simple, relatively inexpensive thing that I can start to do to improve some of these things in my life that I'm spending hundreds of dollars to go to the doctor for on tests and like this and that. And what is, why can't I sleep guys? Let's figure this out. (laughs) One of the statements I made to somebody who told me, wow, that's like a lot of money to spend. I said, okay, wait a minute. Your deductible on your, your insurance is more than this. Right. Mm -hmm. And they went, yeah. I said, so you're willing to pay the deductible to go through a major surgery to try to fix something that what if you could fix it without needing the surgery? Yeah. And they were like, Oh, I didn't think about that. I'm like, all you have to do is think about things like that. And I've heard some really amazing stories already because we haven't had them for a really long time. So I don't have Mm -hmm. tons of the information yet on actual customers that I've worked with, but Dolphus had a couple over in the Netherlands. And one of the ladies was suffering from some autoimmune disorders to the point where she could not pick up her child anymore. She could not physically pick her up and Mm -hmm. it was killing her. She started doing cold therapies and utilizing the Wilmhoff method. And again, I'm not a Wilmhoff employee, but it works. And she started utilizing the cold plunges through that system, doing Mm -hmm. like we talked about a small amount of time building on it to the point where she drove her kids to seed off and picked her daughter up and said, look what I can do now. And Some of the things that we're hearing from people, and there are thousands of advocates for it online. You can spend some time and look and read some of those stories. I can't wait to have some of the success stories myself. I can't wait to say this is someone I made a difference for because I have them on the hot tub side, right? Right. We all do, especially those that have been in the industry for a long time. We talk about lives that we've changed. Mm -hmm. And And I always think to myself, you know what? I know I'm just a hot tub girl, but the fact that I have made a difference in someone's everyday life means a difference to me. Um, It's the heart of why we do all do this, right? It's like we all get in the hot tub industry for strange, mysterious reasons. The reason (laughs) we stay is that, right? Like it's a fun industry where you're actually doing good and helping people live better lives. I think that's what ultimately keeps us all here is that and then our relationships with a bunch of other people who feel the same way. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. A hundred percent. No, I agree. The more the industry, you know, as an industry, we need to all jump on this. Are you going to put this on your floor and sell as many as you do hot tubs? No, you're not going to, you're not going to bring this in. I'm going to be honest with every retailer. You're going to bring one in, or you're going to bring two in. You're going to bring in whatever fits for your area. You're going to sell some. But what you're doing is you're building a base of customers. Their entire Mm -hmm. life is about their wellness because you have people who really feel like their health is as important as everything else they do. Those customers talk to each other. What you're doing is building a community of people who are very health conscious, which bless us. I'm so glad that we've all reached that point as a society where we're putting health more and more as a priority rather than reactive. We're proactive in our health. And that's the trick. I have more athletes calling athletes on collegiate level, athletes on high school level. And believe it or not, down here in Texas, our high schools are a little bit, a little oh, bit extra our high school. Oh, <laughs> I am well aware being only a couple miles north. I know you're right you, there, girl. Oh man. I mean, when you drive through Texas, sometimes you're like, I wonder what college that is. And you're like, that's the high school stadium. <laughs> yeah. My high school stadium for my high school where my son goes is bigger than a couple of big stadiums I've been to. I'll just say. I, I believe it. So the yeah. coll- you've got the high school athlete, you've got the collegiate athletes, you've got Ironman competitors, you've mm-hmm. got 
premier athletes. And now they're getting most of their stuff done at prestigious gyms, but a lot of them want to have a gym set up at home. Once you get in with a couple of them, that word spreads because Mm -hmm. they talk about the health benefits because they're recognizing what they're doing proactively has a reaction long-term through their health, but also through their actual performances. They're breaking time on their runs. They're going further. Their endurance is changing and they're recognizing how they're doing that. I always feel like too, I mean, I know every business kind of positions itself differently in the marketplace, but I feel like if we as an industry are going to position ourselves as wellness, which I think is where we're all heading is hot tubs as wellness products. To me, like, why would you not have other similar wellness products? It just makes sense, especially since this is such a similar product. It's the similar kind of of science. (laughs) If you're going to say you're about wellness be about wellness. I'm not saying that you're going to bring in a, hold a clinic and have a nurse in there every other week, but it's like bring in the products that really can make people feel better and live longer and do the things that they want to do with their bodies longer. It's just, if you're going to be about it, just be all in. It's really, yeah, absolutely. It's a really easy concept because it's the same as the hot tub store having access to pools or having access to barbecue grills. It's about family. Also at the same time, it's a wellness product, like you said. And I think more often than not, the more successful stores and retailers are the ones who are embracing the wellness aspect. Because again, you're getting into a group of people. If I sold to one fireman, I sell to every fireman. That's what I always tell everybody. If I, if you sell to one fireman, you sell to every fireman because it get it's a brotherhood, but the same thing happens with people who are athletes, people who are very health conscious. They eat at the same places because they're healthy places mm-hmm. to eat. Yeah. They talk about their lives. They talk about what makes their lives healthier, what makes their lives better. The guy buying the organic fruit is always going to buy the organic fruit, you know? And I think we, as a industry have embraced the wellness, but there are times that we don't talk about it enough. We don't make it yeah. a priority. We don't make it a main focus on what we do. And we need to change that. A lot of that is things like this, axillary products that pull that wellness together, the ice baths, the cold plunges, things like that. The swim spas. All we did was move from hot tubs to swim spas because it's a wellness product. And this is the next evolution of that. We as an industry are embracing that more and more. And I think it's going to be positive for everybody. I think so too. I'm really excited because a couple of podcasts after this one, we have a retailer on who has just fully embraced wellness. It is like his heart and soul, right? As a person. And it just bleeds through his entire business. And so I'm excited that we're a little bit on this wellness kick just because it's just exciting to see. And I, and like I said, I think it's what, what keeps us all here and what makes us tick is helping people live better lives and improve their lives and all of the things. And I'm just, I'm excited to see where this goes. And I can't wait for the day when I have in my own backyard, where I go from my hot tub to my sauna to my cold tub and back. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be amazing, right? Our day's coming. It's just going to be this whole circuit of <laughs> whole circuit of wellness in Stonebrook. <laughs> <laughs> I had a friend who said that they wanted to buy a, like enough land to make a little neighborhood and it was just going to be our friends and I said, "Oh my gosh, oh my gosh we talk about the that backyard all the time too." <laughs> I got the backyard and the wellness covered, y'all. I'm good. Oh, that's so funny. We do that. We have the same conversation. We, we joke about living in a commune and yeah. about who would be in charge of what in our commune. And we'd all live in different houses, obviously. And I don't need to live with my friends, but yeah, we'd all live in this little compound and each of everyone would have their little jobs and it would be, you'd be there with all your people. It'd be perfect. <laughs> we we are un, unapologetically preparing for the apocalypse. You were like, this conversation with uh, like with hot tubs and saunas and that's the kind of that's the kind of apocalypse i'm going for (laughs) 
the zombies can have the rest. I'll be here in my hot tub. Oh, man. I did want to ask you a little bit more about Wim Hof because his, that was the other thing that when I went by your booth that it was like, ooh, cold tubs. Oh, Audrey, wait a second. Do I know that guy? (laughs) Yes. And it was one of those things where I just like this moment of recognition because he has been all over the place. Like I have seen him on and I cannot... I, before we got on, I was trying to figure out exactly where I had seen him and I couldn't figure it out, but it was like a documentary or a TV show or something that he was a part of. And I remembered him. And so seeing him on your poster in the booth, I was like, oh, wait, <laughs> that guy, that's not like a, that's not like just like a model. Like that's the guy. And he's called the Iceman. Most people were, they're like the Iceman. Okay. I recognize that for some reason. He is a best-selling author. I don't know how many books he has now. He is famous more often than not for going up on Everest in a sh- tank top with no shoes mm-hmm. and maintaining the cold temperature. I know at one point he had a group of people that were utilizing his method, the breathing and the cold plunge, and they all were injected. I want to say with Ebola, as crazy as that sounds, oh, a really? form, yes. No, that does sound, that's a little crazy. <laughs> yeah, it was a controlled study. I'm sure it wasn't full on Ebola. I'm sure it was some kind of derivative of a variant kind of thing where they knew they could treat it if they didn't yeah. come through. But, and then the whole group actually didn't have the problems that they anticipated because they said it was through the utilization of this training and the cold plunge that they were training their body to to push to the end. He's been on, I think, oh geez, Justin Bieber, I think did a cold plunge with him. Yeah. Yeah. So he's all over social media. He's got a huge following online numbers that are astronomical. Yeah. If anyone pulls up any of this stuff about him online, which we'll link to some of it in the show notes, but if if you pull this up, there will be this moment where you're like, oh, I've seen him somewhere. Like you, you will know him when you see him. He's got a very distinct look. I will admit it. Well, true. The gray. Yeah. 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 He's got a very distinct look, but I think that people are seeing more and more of his stuff because he's the one who pushed the envelope to start some study. When those studies started, they started finding all the scientific facts behind it. And now the studies are going on around the world. He's a character. He's a lot of fun. I recommend for sure, at least pulling up a YouTube video or two and watching him talk, but also the passion that this man has is just palpable. It's palpable. A lot of his sayings and a lot of the things that he lives his life by are, you can push yourself further. You can be more, you can do more. Overall, the story that he gives us is that we are capable of more than we know. And all we have to do is push our limits. And he is very much into deep connection with your body, being fully aware of your body, because There are moments when we all experience trauma and everyone experiences trauma on different levels in different ways, but all of us face it. It's a human right for you at some point to have something traumatic happen in your life. We don't want it, but it happens. It's the reaction to that trauma that determines how we get through it. For him, cold therapy is not just about feeling better and and all the things that it does for your body. It's about knowing yourself and about recognizing and being able to cope in a moment of trauma, whether it be a small thing or a big thing. Yeah. Fundamentally, that is what speaks to me about him, that he wants to be so self-aware that in a moment when something is going so catastrophically wrong, that he could slow his own heart rate, that he could recognize that something is too much and he could take a step back from it without having to leave the situation. Yeah. And that knowledge of your inner self 
is something that we all really truly want to some level. We all want to be at a point where we can feel that. And cold therapy is one of the ways that he's getting there. He's mm-hmm. wanting to share that with other people. I'm going to have to give a little plug to our Power Women training group because that's a lot of the work that has been going on in there is, and it's not necessarily trauma, but just stress and yeah. learning to recognize your body's, you know, natural neurological reaction. Just You can't stop it, right? So ways to work with it so that you can continue to function without feeling like you're you're way up here or way down here all the time. And, and it fits into that. And some of the things that we talk about doing, not necessarily cold therapy, but I think some of the things that cold therapy could bring to you, which is grounding yourself and bringing yourself back into your body and finding those things that keep you grounded and keep you present. And yeah, so it's something that I've been learning a lot about lately in general and what another great way to try to do that. And yeah, if anybody wants to learn more about that, we've got some more Power Woman training coming up. It's been been really great. I've learned a lot. I'm a mess, but I'm working on it. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's a mess. We just yeah, lie to each other about for how sure. That for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause you know, stress kills and peace heals. So if you can find peace within yourself during a stressful moment, that makes all the difference. Absolutely. We kind of all live in this state of stress and we get to a point where we don't even really recognize it anymore. And so you can start to recognize the signs of stress on your body and on your mind. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, that's why I do that. Again, another reason why our industry in general is great because we offer products that can actually help people with some of those life altering health issues, body, mind connection, all the things. Exactly. And that's, that's our entire goal every day is to make somebody happy because that's really what this industry is about. We're about happiness and feeling good. What an opportunity for us to have to make someone's life better. It's fantastic. We're very blessed. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Are you ready for the spa retailer five? Oh, sure. Okay, good. (laughs) All right. So do you remember the first hot tub you ever sold? I do. It was actually at the national show. I was only there because, and I quote Bob, from my days. You just want your girlfriend at the show, period. And so Matt said, yep, I do. I want my girlfriend to go with me to the New Orleans show. And I stood in the booth and this very cocky spa retailer from Michigan came in with a couple Mm. of his buddies and just going to give this little girl grief. And I gave it right back to him. I'm that friend that that you love or you hate, because I just (laughs) don't care. He gave me a little attitude. I said, honey, look, here's the deal. You want it or you don't. And he goes, wow. Okay. I said, you're going to stand here and act like big bees knees. Let's do it. And he's like, where are you from? And I was like, Houston. He's like, oh, that explains it. And it was <laughs> great. Amazing. So I owe Craig that. And it was a truckload of swim spas was my first. <laughs> I know, oh, right? Look at my- you. <laughs> look at you, man. So when you left, were you still just the girlfriend at that point or had things changed? <laughs> I believe that the next statement someone t- told me, he said was, I don't understand why people want to buy stuff from her, but they sure do. <laughs> That's amazing. I wasn't the girlfriend for much longer. No, definitely not. That's amazing. What was your real first, your first real job? My first real, real job. Okay. So babysitting, of course, when I was a kid. No, no. I sold Girl Scout cookies when I was a brownie. That's a job. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I got to own it. Right. My first real job. I worked at a grocery store. I worked at Kroger. I worked as a little cashier and I was like a manager within about seven months. I just, I'm, I'm an overachiever. And I'm like, okay, we could do things better, but it was great. It was a good opportunity to have real experience with how a business is run, how to deal with customers in their best Mm -hmm. and in their worst, but it gave me an opportunity. I got a scholarship to go to college from them. 
I had a chance to see the best in people and the worst in people on a daily basis. And I had a lot of respect at that point for just the everyday working person. And that's never stopped for me. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like anything having to do with food, whether you're working in a restaurant or a drive-through or the grocery store, that's where you really get to see all sides of humanity. Plus, and you talk about business, like the margins on those kinds of businesses are like razor thin. (laughs) So it's like, you really learn about running a business. (laughs) Very quickly. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So what's the biggest flop or worst idea, worst product that you ever brought, brought to fruition? Now I'm going to say this and I'm going to probably get some flag for it because there are lots of people who do retail these and do very well with them. But the worst product I ever dealt with was above ground pools. And only because I was hot to manufacture and bringing in these boxes above bug ground pools and the installation and the people were not the nicest. I discovered that sometimes the product that you bring in brings in a clientele and I would rather sell five spas in a year than sell 1500 above ground pools. (laughs) You're not the first or the last person I think who who will say that to me. It's that can be a tough one. And I'm going to tell you right now, God bless all of you who sell them. And you are amazing, understanding, patient people. And I'm a pretty patient person, but I couldn't do it. I looked at Bob and I said, look, please don't ever bring those again. I can't next summer. I can't do it. I said, I'm not going to go in the showroom anymore. (laughs) That's yeah. That's a good way to get rid of it. But with the good old uh, ultimatum. (laughs) Right. I'm like, I just can't do it. You're going to have to have somebody else deal with customers. (laughs) So what's the best idea then? Oh, geez. There was lots of them. Probably the the first portable swim spa at the show was Mm -hmm. the biggest game changer. And at the time when we brought a giant portable swim spa to the show, of course, the girls and guys down in Texas make this giant swim spa. It's crazy. It's funny now because now people are like, oh, that's normal. What do you mean? You had swim spa. I'm like, okay. There was one day when we walked in and brought it in the show and they had to bring two forklifts over and they went, we don't understand what's happening here because we would make them for in-ground usage. And that's what swim spas always were. They were always in ground shells. And then we put a cabinet around it, brought it to the show. That was probably, and one of my favorite moments Yeah. One of my favorite moments. That's pretty great. Yeah. So do you have a favorite book or TV show or podcast? It can either be for entertainment and relaxation or for learning, whichever way you tend to go. I spend a lot of time reading. I'm a big reader. Really? Oh yeah. I read three to five books a week. I just love to absorb information. I've always been that way. That was what I always got grounded for when I was a kid. People talk about like how they were bad kids. I was like, I always got grounded because I was hiding underneath my covers with a flashlight and a book. And my dad said, you're going to ruin your eyes. Now I have to wear glasses. So he was right. But I, so I've been doing a lot of stuff on audible and I'm driving or I'm working and I can't sit there with a book. Preach into the choir. Yeah. Yeah, That's my favorite. I'm more like one book a week, but it's all audio. And it's because I can do it while I'm driving around, picking the kids up, making dinner, cleaning the house. You don't have time to sit down and read. And if I do, I'm going to be honest. I've at this point, I fall asleep. Um, <laughs> so Your I got to really be really young. So I yeah. got to be listen while I got to listen while I'm doing stuff on audible. There's a whole selection called the great courses, and it's actually lectures from professors at different universities around the world. I really enjoy those. I always pick a subject I really like. So the most recent one that I just listened to was life in the ancient world. Um, and it was from a professor in Edinburgh and it's based on daily life of just a normal person. So what it was like to be a Greek, what it was like to be a Roman. He just talks through what it was like, what would you eat? Where would you sleep? To me, that is so fascinating 
because I know everybody who's, oh, I have a past life. I was like Jonah Bark. Okay, newsflash. If I have a past life, I was like sweeping the floors at the Coliseum, okay? I was, I recognize it, okay? <laughs> you don't become this dramatic in life without having some past history that was really cool. That's but to amazing. me, it's fascinating to learn about history and to learn about things. And then I did an entire one on the universe itself. So the great courses on Audible, and they're like a one credit buy, or sometimes they're free. Yeah. So I love learning. So that's where I'm at right now in my head. That sounds, <laughs> that that, sounds awesome. All the time. <laughs> yeah, no, that sounds great. No. And that's, I feel like that's where I go to. So I either, I, again, either reading some fiction book yeah. or I'm reading something thick and deep that I'm learning a ton from. It's, I have to balance it out, but it's one <laughs> or the other. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Audrey, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. This was really fun. It's been so nice to reconnect with you. Welcome back to the hot tub industry. And thanks for teaching us all about cold tubs. Thank you so much. I really appreciated it. And I hope I didn't do too bad on my first podcast. Oh, you did great. <laughs> the Spa Retailer Podcast is a production of Spa Retailer Magazine. Let us know what you think by leaving a review or emailing us at podcast at spa Thanks for listening.